Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. They asked me questions like, could I coach without being prejudiced toward the white players? And all the years I've been playing, no one ever asked any coaches that I played for if they could coach without being prejudiced to black players. In fact, it never even come up. I'm Damian Bulwa, and this is Fifth Admission. That was Bill Russell talking about becoming the NBA's first black head coach with the Boston Celtics in 1966. Russell grew up in Oakland and led USF to two national championships. And when he died on July 31st at age 88, we lost not only a basketball legend, but also a civil rights pioneer. He won a record 11 NBA championships as a player, the last two as a player coach. And then he continued to fight for racial justice throughout his life. But Russell was part of another legacy during his boyhood in the Bay Area, where his family moved when he was eight amid the great migration of African Americans from the Jim Crow South. Russell landed in racially segregated West Oakland, the community that sits just east of the Bay Bridge in the Port of Oakland, and he landed at McClyman's High. It was on that campus that a group of legendary athletes emerged who, like Russell, would fight for the great cause of their era. That group included Frank Robinson, who after a Hall of Fame baseball career, became the first black manager in Major League history. It also included baseball greats Veda Pinson and Kurt Flood. In 1952, all four were McClyman students. So what was happening in West Oakland 70 years ago that led to four legendary athletes walking the halls of the same high school at the same time, with three of them becoming icons of leadership and activism? And what lessons can we learn today as McClyman's future is in doubt due to neighborhood gentrification and shrinking enrollment? Chronicle sports writer Ron Krojcik has a new piece about this history, and he's here with me to try to answer some of these questions. Ron, how are you? Fine, Damien. Thanks for having me. Ron, first of all, how unusual was this convergence of legends in Oakland in the 1950s? Can other schools point to anything similar? I think there are schools around the country that have had a cluster of great athletes, certainly basketball players from New York or football players from Texas. But I think what distinguishes McClyman's is the depth. There's just so many accomplished athletes, the four you mentioned and the four I centered my story around. But beyond that, Paul Silas, Joe Ellis, Antonio Davis all had successful basketball careers. Wendell Hayes and Marcus Peters in the NFL. The baseball players you mentioned, plus Lee Lacey. Jim Hines won an Olympic gold, and they all went to McClyman's. So I don't think that kind of depth is very common if, if it exists anywhere in the country. And beyond that, and really what made us pursue this story, is sort of the trailblazing element. The fact that Russell went on you know, survived and weathered a very difficult career in Boston because of the racial climate in the 1960s, and then became the first African-American head coach, as you mentioned. And Frank Robinson, you know, weathered the same difficulty in his era in baseball and became the first African-American manager. And then Kurt Flood, you know, really changed the structure, the labor structure of Major League Baseball, taking it all the way to the Supreme Court. He lost his case. But that paved the way four years later in the mid-70s for free agency to arrive in baseball. And, and 
that dramatically changed the shape of the business of the game and the pay structure, you know, going forward. But as you suggest, Ron, I mean, this is not so much a coincidence as it is the result of a number of factors from from the migration from the south. I want you to talk about that to how Oakland was set up at the time. Yeah, and that was sort of the question we sought. You know, John Schultz, uh, the deputy sports editor, and I who worked on this project, that was sort of the question we set out to answer. You know, what helped propel these gentlemen to this kind of life and career? Not just succeeding on the field, but having some sense of leadership, some sense of duty to a bigger cause, the sense of activism, right? Bill Russell was a very loud and, and strong voice in the civil rights movement. So what sort of were the seeds of that? And what we found, I mean, as you said, the Great Migration definitely had a lot to do with this, right? I think that plants the seeds for all this talent being at the same school at the same time. But then the structure of McClyman's, the the emphasis on education at the time, and also the sense of community that existed both around the school and around the parks where these kids spent their time after school or in the summer. And there's this park, Defermery Park in West Oakland, less than a mile from McClyman's, where Robinson and Russell and Flood and Pinson and all these guys spent a ton of time. And there were adults, young adults, who were very interested in nurturing in their development. And fortunately for my story, I came across one of them, a gentleman named Bill Patterson, who's 91 years old, about three, three and a half years older than Mr. Russell. And he, he said he was Basically, Mr. Russell's mentor and lifelong friend was the way he described it. So when Russell was in high school, Bill Patterson was helping in Defermery Park with a woman named Dorothy Pitts, who sort of ran the program and the academic and social side of it. And so Dorothy Pitts and Bill Patterson helped mold these young people and teach them, you know, etiquette at the dinner table and teach them how to run meetings and teach them how to organize with their classmates. So a lot of these leadership skills that vaulted Russell and Robinson and Flood to their subsequent acclaim really trace back to Defermery Park and people like Bill Patterson. Defermery Park, where the Black Panthers used to meet. Correct. And I want to get into the pride around McClyman's High School and how people want to, to keep that going even today. But I mean, Ron, you talked about the Great Migration, but Also in Oakland, I mean, this was still a very segregated city, and there was, you know, places where African-Americans were sort of segregated into through redlining and other practices, and and West Oakland was like that, and a community group. Yeah, I I didn't get into it in great depth in the story, but you're absolutely right. There there were struggles to buy homes and to live in other communities, and and West Oakland became sort of the landing spot and the the place where most African-Americans settled. So that certainly plays a part in this story. And that's, you know, that that community has transformed over the years, affected dramatically by the earthquake, obviously, in 1989 with the Cypress structure collapsing and and recently with gentrification and with, you know, home prices soaring and a lot of African-American families leaving the area. So there's a lot of lot of factors at play. But one of the common threads is that McClyman's is the only high school in West Oakland. And there's a deep sense of community and a deep sense of pride. And you see that in all the people who come back and stay involved in the school. Uh, Michael Peters is the head football coach. McClyman's has won four state titles the last five years. 
Michael Peters grew up across the street, still lives in the house he grew up in. His son plays in the NFL. He played at McClyman's with a bunch of people like Antonio Davis, who went and played in the NBA, a guy named Brian McGee, who played football at Cal, and now is, is involved, works for the district, and is involved in, in McClyman's and, and helps coach on the JV football team. So there's a sense of uh, loyalty and dedication and commitment to their alma mater that clearly extends from generation to generation and has kept this going. Ron, did Bill Russell keep in touch with McClyman's High? Did he keep in touch over the years? Yeah, he, he was not always the most personable guy, and he lived in Seattle for the latter part of his life, but he stayed connected to McClyman's through people like Bill Patterson, a gentleman named Ben Tapscott, who was also a former basketball coach at McClyman's, uh, who was several years younger than Mr. Russell, but kept in touch with him, was friends with him. And to answer your question, he did come back to the school. He Well, first of all, he was involved in a couple scholarship programs, uh, one that, that he openly funded and another one that was anonymous, quote unquote, that he apparently was one of the people involved. There was a significant amount of money, I believe $3 million, that the school is using the interest on to fund scholarships. But then he did come back in person in 2008 and spoke to the state championship basketball team, uh, Will Cherry. And Dwight Nathaniel was the coach. They went undefeated, one of the greatest teams in Bay Area history, really, in state history. And Mr. Russell spoke to that group for an hour in the library, and those kids still talk about that conversation. And then he came back in 2013 for a Warriors event when the Golden State Warriors renovated some facilities at McClyman's. And as you'll see in the story, I have others talking about how Russell kind of lit up when he was at McClyman's or when he talked about McClyman's. It was clearly a school that held a very special place uh, in his heart. All right, let's take a quick break on fifth admission. When we come back, more with Ron Krojcik talking about McClyman's High School in West Oakland. We'll be right back. You can support the newsroom that creates fifth admission by signing up for unlimited access at sfchronicle.com slash pod or by downloading the San Francisco Chronicle app. Welcome back to Fifth Admission. I'm Damian Bulwa, joined by Ron Krojcik, Chronicle sports writer. Wrote about the legacy of McClyman's High School, Bill Russell, Frank Robinson, others who converged 70 years ago on that campus. Ron, I mean, one thing that, that you really touch upon is the connection that people have to this school, staying with it, coming back to coach, support, give money. What does that look like in West Oakland? Yeah, it's very much the case. As I found in the reporting of this story, as you interact with McClyman's people or people still involved there, you find that most of them went to school there. Uh, there's a deep sense of attachment and loyalty to the school. And that extends from Michael Peters, the football coach, to MC Hammer, the, the legendary rapper who gave money back when he was young to McClyman's, Alonzo Carter, who was a coach at McClyman's and now is at San Jose State, told me a, a couple of really amusing anecdotes for the story about how he was on tour with MC Hammer just out of college or high school, I guess. And MC Hammer bought him a Corvette uh, as sort of a gift for his work on the tour. And Carter was coaching at McClyman's and sold his Corvette to buy uniforms for his track team. And that, as he says, who loves McClyman that much? Um, who does that at age 23? But, but 
there's this deeply rooted attachment and loyalty to the school, whether it's Carter or MC Hammer or Michael Peters, Brian McGee, who's a former Cal athlete who's now volunteering at the school. And how much of that is this sense that, that this was an African-American neighborhood that acted as a launching pad, not only for sports greatness, but for civil rights work? Absolutely. It's a lot of it. And, and that's one of the, the interesting things I found in my reporting, and, and I made it a significant part of the story, is how much the example set by Bill Russell and Frank Robinson and Kurt Flood trickled down to the next generations. You know, McGee talked about always hearing about Bill Russell and how people used him as an example of spiritual and social awareness was the way McGee put it. Uh, and he said, don't let people think that people from West Oakland can't succeed. That was the message that McGee got from the previous generation. And that's the message that McGee and Antonio Davis and Alonzo Carter are trying to pass down to the next generation. So I think there's a very much that connection between eras and there's very much the example that these guys not only uh, excelled on the playing field or the playing court, but they felt it was their duty to, and responsibility to, to be a leaders, to take some ownership of what they could do for you know, fellow African-American people, but also for their sport, you know, as Russell did in becoming the first black head coach. Robinson as the first black manager, Kurt Flood with all the activism he did. And, and, and it trickles down. Antonio Davis, who is in his 50s, when he was in the NBA, became president of the Players Association. And he said part of the impetus was knowing what Bill Russell had done, knowing what his fellow McClyman's alum had been a leader, you know, and, and what he overcame in the racially charged 60s to lead. And, uh, and that affected how Davis conducted his life. Ron, that brings us to today. West Oakland is often referred to as the scene of, of rapid gentrification, like, like many communities in the Bay Area, but in particular West Oakland. Many black families are leaving. Wealthier residents are moving in. Among this, what has happened to McClyman's High? Enrollment has dropped significantly. It was you know near 1,000 back in the day. And this year, they're down to 309 students, which is really remarkable that it's dropped that much. The challenges that creates are, are many. One of them is the state law that requires public schools to make their facilities available for public charter schools if they're not being used. So that's an annual sort of threat to McClyman's that charter schools might start occupying some space on campus if McClyman's isn't using it. And they have two educational pathway programs, one in engineering, one in entrepreneurship, that they're attempting to lure kids and lure students to attend the climates and to take advantage of those pathways or to attend the climates to play football for a powerhouse program. So there's different ways the school is trying to restore enrollment, but it's been, uh, it's been a perpetual challenge in recent years. And certainly there are a lot of people in Oakland who have lamented the loss of schools at it really tends to hit communities like West Oakland the hardest, and that can, can lead to problems for the kids, but also just having to, to travel further to school or, or losing a program like McClyman's. I mean, are, do people feel like this is yet another sort of legacy of segregation and racism? I think there's some, they don't necessarily come out and say that, but there's a concern, yes, that that's part, part of what's at play here. I talked to a, a longtime teacher at McClyman's named Lou Paulette. Taylor, who's taught there for more than 40 years, also went to school there, not coincidentally. And she said she doesn't think they get the support they need from the district. 
And Ben Tapscott, a gentleman I mentioned earlier, who was a basketball coach in the Climans and a longtime educator in the East Bay, you know, made the same point that he thinks it's the word he used was conspiracy to close Mac. That seems a little strong, but there's definitely a, that feeling uh, of frustration and wondering whether McClymans is getting the resources it needs to prosper and uh, and remain stable in the future. Ron, I want to ask you one question as a sports writer. I mean, obviously you've covered a lot of stories over the years. Are you surprised that that athletic greatness in this way in a place like at West Oakland, a place like McClymans, is such a point of pride and, and is so important to people's life and identity uh, in the place they live? No, I'm not surprised. I mean, I think that's that's the power of sports, right? You know, you think about the pride the region has, the Bay Area has in the Warriors over the last eight years with four championships or the 49ers going back to the 80s and 90s with the five championships under, you know, between Joe Montana and Steve Young and Jerry Rice. I mean, that's what sports do. I think they unify people, they, they bring people together. And at the high school level, it's even more centralized. It's you know, the success of a school and of a program is, is mostly people living in that community. So there's a, a bond and a, a rapport that's that's really strong. And what's interesting about McClyman's is that it literally dates 70 years. And you can draw that line from Bill Russell and Frank Robinson in the 50s to Antonio Davis and MC Hammer in the 80s to Will Cherry in 2008 to... Uh, JV and Thomas, the running back on this year's team, who's leading a powerhouse team and is being recruited to several colleges. And, and there's a connection between those generations. And it's uh, it's an impressive thing. And, and not to overstate it, but, but it changed the world a little bit. Well, in this case, it did. It'd be a stretch to say that a, as great as the Celtics were in winning all those championships with Bill Russell, that didn't really change the world. But what it did was give Bill Russell the prominence and the voice that he used in the civil rights movement. And he used to lend his voice to the larger cultural issues in the country at that time. We weren't around in the sixties to experience that, but you know, that's a, that's a transformative period in American history and particularly in, in race relations and, and, and the civil rights movement that, you know, should have happened a long earlier, but it happened in the sixties because of people like obviously Martin Luther King and Bill Russell and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and Jim Brown, all these athletes who lent their fame and their power and their voice to that movement undeniably had a, had a massive impact. Ron Krojcik, thanks for joining me. Hey, thanks for having me, Damien. Thanks to my guest today. He's Chronicle sports writer Ron Krojcik. Read his story about McClyman's High School in West Oakland at sfchronicle.com. Thanks to King Kaufman for producing this episode, and thank you for listening.